everyone and welcome to the Wine Shop Talk. I'm your host, Smalia Aaronoser, and I am so happy that you're here with me today. If we haven't met before, it's lovely to have you here. And if we have, welcome back. Now, I can't believe this, but we are in the last episode of 2021. First of all, for those of you who have been listening since the beginning, thank you so much for all of your support. I love getting your feedback. Please keep sharing it. My gratitude to all of you for being part of this initial launch of the Wine Shop Talk podcast. As this is our last episode of 2021 and New Year's Eve is fast approaching, today's episode is all about sparkling wines. I'm going to be sharing with you my tips for what the different profiles are in sparkling wine. So if you're listening to this while you're in the wine shop, you'll be able to take a look at the labels. I'm also going to be sharing with you some opening tips. If you're a person who has always wanted to, but maybe been a little nervous about opening up a bottle of sparkling wine, I'm going to share with you some tips that are going to make it easier. I'm going to get a little soapbox and of course some label terms. What are the terms on the labels that are going to help you find the wine that you like? If you're ready, let's dive in and start shopping for some sparkling wines to celebrate New Year's Eve. Okay, let's get started and start shopping for some sparkling wines for you to celebrate New Year's Eve and bring in the brand new year. Now, depending on what your celebrations are looking like this year, whether you're outside, inside, celebrating with family and friends, doing some Zoom toasting across the world via internet, it doesn't really matter. It's all going to be a celebration. First of all, the different types of sparkling wines. If you are in the sparkling wine aisle right now, you can definitely take a look at the labels as I'm talking about them. Now, if you haven't downloaded the holiday guide that we've put together, you can definitely head on over to the website, winegirlacademy.com, and download your free holiday guide that's filled with lots of great information, but on page 18, you're going to find a list specifically all about sparkling wines, and in that I have the main sparkling wine styles, the region that it comes from, as well as a description on how to use it. So if you do want a printout guide, there's one there for you in the holiday guide. Just download it and you're going to have it and you can print it off or take a copy on your phone, whatever works for you. But the first styles I want to talk about is Prosecco. If you are looking to pop some bubbles and enjoy some wines, there's sparkling wine styles for everybody's budget and everybody's flavor profile. Now Prosecco is really popular. Prosecco comes from Italy, comes from around the hills of Venice, and what you're going to find when you open up a bottle of Prosecco is a nice, lively, sparkling wine. It's going to have hints of lemon and some citrus fruit. It's not too intense. It's not too buttery. You might hear when we talk about champagne we're going to talk about some buttery notes and apple notes. Prosecco is all about light and lively. So if you're looking for Prosecco, great value, really light and lively style. The next style I want to talk to you about then is Cava. So Cava from Spain is made in the same method as champagne. And what does that mean? Well, Prosecco is made in a big tank. It's made in a batch. We do lots of it, which is why we can bring it in at such an economical value for you. But Cava from Spain is made in the actual bottle, just like champagne that you're going to hold in your hand. The main difference between Cava and champagne is the aging timeline that the legal requirements are of how long it needs to lay down and basically create some magic in the bottle 
bottle before it can be sold and taken to a loving home. And what that means is that cava generally is not as toasty. So cava is a great alternative if you're looking for something a little bit fresher. If you're having some tapas or seafood or dishes with some lemons, tapas, cava is a great option for you here. It's a wonderful style and no option for you if you're again looking for more of that clean, less toasty version of a sparkling wine. And when I say toast, I'm literally talking sort of buttered bread toast. And we're, we're going to get to those flavors when we get to champagne. So we've covered Prosecco, we've covered Cava. Now what about Sect? Sect is from Germany. Henkeltrocken is probably one of the most popular brands that you're going to see. Lots of people celebrating New Year's. And this again is just a light, lively bubble, very food friendly, very people friendly. Don't worry that it is an economical value. It is a delicious, wonderful bubble to ring in the new year. Now we get now to Cremant. Now Cremant, if you've been on other episodes with me, you've heard me talk about Cremant before. And to me, it's one of those secret sommelier terms that you need to be in the know to know what Cremant is, but it's some of the best value you're going to find in the sparkling wine aisle. And the reason for that is it comes from any other region within France outside of the Champagne area, but it's made in the exact same method as Champagne. So Cremant is a wonderful way for you to enjoy those finite, delicious bubbles that you enjoy when you're having Champagne because they're made in the actual bottle that you're holding in your hand. Cremant is going to be about a third of the price. It's gonna be made from the regional grapes. So you might find Cremant de Loire, Cremant de Bordeaux, Cremant de Alsace is very popular, but wonderful option, usually a bit fuller bodied sparkling wine. So you're going to have a bit more, I'll call them winter foods. So heavier foods, if you're doing any foods with sauces or cream sauces, delicious, style or just anytime you're having some meat and cheese, Cremant is also going to be there for you. But Cremant is a great value if you're looking for more traditional bubbles and not as lean and lively, I would call them as Cava and Prosecco. And then Champagne. So Champagne is obviously the, the grand belle of the ball made from the Champagne area within France, the most protected piece of agricultural land on the planet but it needs to be made in the very special method. You're always going to get elegant, finite bubbles. And because of the aging requirements, which is a minimum of 15 months that it needs to stay in its bottle before it can be sold, or if it's a vintage champagne, which means the vintage that it was picked is on the label, that's 36 months. But that extra time in the bottle means that it's going to be getting some toasty notes, some bread notes, some brioche, some buttered bread, rich apple flavor. So you're going to have these really nice sort of richer notes that are wonderful in regards to serving with food and just enjoying. So very, very special bottle of wine, lots of different flavors for you in regards to champagne, in regards to texture, lots of different textures of champagne out there. And so some of the key label terms you're looking for when you're see champagne it can only come from the champagne area in France if you're looking at a bottle from 
California, for example, or Australia, New Zealand, Canada, what you're going to be looking for is words that say made in the traditional method. When you see sparkling wine made in the traditional method, it means that it's been made in the actual bottle that you're holding in your hand. So the traditional method means that, or the method champenoise you might see in regards to the label. That means that the bubbles have been made in the actual bottle that you're holding. Just like in champagne, they are the smallest, most finite, most elegant bubbles that we can do because we have four magic ways we get bubbles in a bottle. And if you're interested in learning more about that, you can check out the Bubbles 101 course that I offer. There's all kinds of wonderful magic that goes into creating bubbles. But for right now, and I know you're shopping quickly, know that you're looking for traditional method or made in the traditional method or method champenoise from other bottles around the world. And that will let you know that you're getting those same delicate bubbles. Now, the other part of the labels that I want to share with you in regards to what do some of the terms mean on a label. So we color, we covered method champenoise. That's the main one or the traditional method. When you see that, you know that that wine has been made in the same method as champagne. The other four terms that I want to share with you is when you see Blanc de Blanc. When you see Blanc de Blanc on the label, that means white wine from white grapes. In the Champagne region, that means that it's been made from 100% Chardonnay. It's going to be our most elegant and softest style of champagne. So very soft. Generally, we serve this with an aperitif or appetizers or seafood. So Blanc de Blanc is white wine from white grapes. Then you're going to have Blanc de Noir. Blanc de Noir means white wine from red grapes. In the Champagne area, this means that I have a white wine made from Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier. These are the two red grape varieties allowed in Champagne production. And the quick TV version of this is, is we press them very fast to get the juice out and we take them away from the skins so that they don't have any skin contact. Therefore, the wine has no color. These are generally more fuller bodied style of Champagne. When you see Blanc de Noir, great if you're having a lovely beef, fuller vegetarian style of dinner or appetizers with more meat, for example. So when we see Blanc de Noir, we generally serve those for more of a main course bubbles. Because remember, bubbles are just not for toasting, they're for food too. Please take away that hint with you. The other term I want you to know is demi-sec. When you see demi-sec, that's half sweet, basically. So if you're looking for a dessert style, then you're going to see demi-sec on the label. You can see sweet, you may see sec on a label, but we don't get too many of them in North America. So depending on what you're looking for, demi-sec is still going to be a dessert style and we will use those for sparkling wines. And then for German wines, you're going to see trocken, Trocken is dry and Habtrocken is off dry. So if you are looking at German sec to celebrate New Year's, Habtrocken is off dry, Trocken is dry. So just so you're aware of those terms. So those, there's other terms in sparkling wines, but these are the main ones that if you know, you're going to be good to go. Now, opening. Let's talk opening sparkling wines real quick because I know that if you're taking a bottle home, at some point you're gonna need to get the, the cork off. The first thing that I want to make sure that you do is chill it. 
the reason we chill sparkling wines is a couple of reasons. One, it helps to subdue the bubbles so that they last longer. The other though is we chill it because the bubbles are less aggressive when we open it. So it helps us open up the bottle safely. So make sure the bottle is well chilled before you open it because this is going to help the bottle not spray all over when you open it. My other tip for you is make sure the bottle is at a 45 degree angle. You never want to open up a bottle of sparkling wine sanding straight up because if you're opening up a bottle of champagne, for example, you have six atmospheres of pressure inside that bottle. That's the same as a semi-truck tire. And when you take that cork off, all of those bubbles and all of that energy is going to want to come through a very small top of the bottle. So if we keep the wine at a 45 degree angle, it helps to increase the amount of space that the bottle can open up and release the pressure. So be sure to keep a bottle at a 45 degree angle and not just when you take the cork off, you want to keep the bottle at a 45 degree angle until that little bit of mist is finished coming off the top. So you're looking for that last little bit of breath that will come off. It looks like a little breath of steam or a little smoke, if you will, coming off the bottle. Wait till that's done before you stand the bottle buttercup. Always open up a bottle of sparkling wine on an angle. And of course, for safety, make sure you're always keeping your thumb or your hand on the cork. Never allow the cork to not be covered or secured in some way because bottles do travel lots of atmospheres of pressure inside. And of course, corks can pop off unexpectedly. So always make sure that you're keeping the bottle safe and the people around you safe and glassware, whatever can be hit by a flying cork, make sure you're always keeping a hand on top of the bottle. So in regards to opening, well chilled, 45 degree angle for longer than you probably think you need to hold it there at a 45 degree angle and make sure you're always covering the cork. And as you're trying to get the cork out of the bottle, you're going to twist the cork and the bottle away from each other. So that is the trick, if you will, of how we do the cork. You're not just underneath the cork with your thumbs prying it open. You're actually gonna twist the cork and the bottle away from each other while holding, holding it on a 45 degree angle. And that's gonna help you have more control of the cork. So those are my very quick tips on how to open up sparkling wines, but definitely have some videos for you in the sparkling wine class as well. And my final soapbox moment, if you will, of what I hope that people will stop doing. And this is, I do hope people will stop adding juice to true champagne. So if you are having a New Year's Day brunch, you're getting together, you're making some cocktails, please, you don't need real champagne to put juice into. So if you are enjoying some sparkling wine cocktails, use a Cava or a Prosecco or a German Sec as your sparkling wine base. But that beautiful bottle of champagne has been made with such love and care. Lots of time was spent at the winery before it got to you. And as soon as you add a juice on top of it, you're going to be missing out on all of those wonderful flavors that the wine spent developing as it laid down waiting to find a good home. So if you are doing sparkling wine cocktails, my ask of you is please do not use true champagne to do that. You don't need real champagne in your cocktails. You're just looking for a sparkling wine base and Cava, Prosecco, German Sect are wonderful options for you to use. So these are my real quick tips for you for New Year's. I know that you're probably running around getting last minute bottles as you're planning your celebrations. So I wanted to do a very quick New Year's Eve sparkling wine episode for you. I hope that you have gotten a lot of information here. And like I shared, there's a lot of great sparkling wine information for you, as well as some great mimosa recipes in the holiday guide. 
good. So be sure to download that. Just head on over to winegirlacademy.com, click on freebies, and you'll be able to find the holiday guide right there. Super easy to check out. And remember, Wine Girl Society, our membership is free for all of December, and there are lots of great recipes and helpful hints for you there too. I want to take this opportunity and wish you a very, very happy new year. Thank you for all your support and hanging out with me on the Wine Shop Talk podcast. I can't wait to explore lots more topics with you in 2022. We have lots of exciting new courses and classes coming for you as well. Happy new year to you. As always, it's been wonderful to hang out with you. Have safe and wonderful celebrations. Cheers to you. Bye now.